0: How can you really disconnect with work, connect with yourself in that time off so that when you come back to work, you are really experiencing reset? Like I said, my last day of work, I deleted all those Microsoft apps off of my phone. I did not check my email from April 11th to July 11th. I also, side note, do you think my boss was like, do not check your email? (laughs) And that helped me. And it's not just my boss. It's like the whole
1: company. Welcome to Want to Work There, a podcast that explores what really makes a company a great place to work. I'm your host, Jill Falska, and together we'll explore not only what goes into building a great company culture, but also exactly how to implement those best practices within your own workplace. If you're here, you believe that a better world of work is possible and I can't wait to build it together. Let's go. Welcome back to the Want to Work There podcast. I don't know about any of you, but it is mid-January. It's actually Friday the 13th when we're recording this in its own right, but I have been on the struggle bus Trying to get back into the swing of things in 2023. I really thought I was going to like rock it out of the new year and be ready to go. And it's just been a gentle easing. So I am actually extra excited to talk to my guest today because we are going to talk all about sabbaticals. And I think that. Depending on your situation, depending on what you do or don't celebrate or who you see or don't see over the holidays, I think that time of year can be a sabbatical in a way for a lot of us. And so I'm excited to talk with her about sort of her extended sabbatical and what that looked like, and also any tips and tricks she had about coming back after the sabbatical, because I think we can probably all use them this time of year. But. Without further ado, I would love to welcome Ashley Martinez. Ashley is the Manager of Employee Culture and Community Development at Creative Circle. And her and I go back. We go way back to San Diego days. She and I met at a Creative Mornings event. And instantly, I just knew she had sort of this shared joy de vivre and passion for just caring about people's experience at work. And so that has sort of carried us through a relationship in a variety of different ways for the last few years. And then most recently got the chance to work with her and her team at Creative Circle as they were sort of revamping their core values and going through an operationalization of them into the company, which Ashley was a core driver of. And it was incredible to get to do that work. And so Right as we were finishing up that work, Ashley was getting ready to leave on this sabbatical. And I knew even then that we were going to have to talk about it. And so we are finally doing that today. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here.
0: Thank you so much, Jill. And wow, what a throwback thinking about our first meet, Creative Mornings in San Diego. You were an incredible speaker. If you guys can look back at that event on the Creative Mornings website, Jill did a great job. And the same token, I was like, I want to work with her in the future. I know that Creative Circle has some great opportunity. And then when we had an opportunity to really focus on values, I was like, I have a person for this. (laughs) So it was wonderful to partner with you. I learned a lot from you. And I'm really excited to talk about my sabbatical because it was a really amazing experience. And not only personally, but as an employee, it was something that's really important to me. And I'm excited to share more.
1: You've been such an advocate since you came back. Absolutely. I think even before you left, you'd seen what a sabbatical could look like from other team members who've been on one. But let's start at the very beginning. For those of us who have never been offered a sabbatical at a company that we've worked at, what is it and how does it work?
0: Yeah. So a sabbatical is essentially an extended period of time away from work. 101, right? I think at least when I heard about it, it was actually when I was in college. So I think it started in academia where professors who had been with these universities for a long time were able to take time off and go and study maybe their particular focus or profession or just take some time away. And when I started at Creative Circle back in 2011, this was available to all full-time employees that hit their 10-year anniversary with the company. And it was really cool. Creative Circle is 20 years young. (laughs) And it's been really cool over the last several years to see people take that sabbatical and take that time away and lead by example to show us all that we can walk away from work and come back to it. We can give ourselves that time. And I'm so proud of myself for taking that time away because I'm Not going to sit here and tell you that it was super easy for me to put my out of office on and close my laptop, but I learned a lot in the moment. And I'm also learning from it now, six months later.
1: And I just want to clarify it's a paid time away from work. So this isn't like we're giving you some time off and you're going to be unpaid and you can come back to us when you feel up to it. This is a set amount of time, like additional vacation days almost that you are paid, but you are not working. You are out in the world doing other things. Is
0: that that's accurate? So there's different types of sabbaticals. And for a very long time, Creative Circle sabbatical was unpaid. So it was something that like you did have to plan for. And I did that because I'm like four years in, I was like, we're doing this. What was really exciting is that just last January. So the January before I took my sabbatical, we were able to change the policy to make it more attainable. So now a portion of the time is paid, not the entire time, but a portion of it, which, I mean, when I heard that news, I cried. <laughs> and I think like so many other benefits, and you know, I know that you've talked about this on the podcast. I remember you talking about it in that creative morning session. There's a difference between having those benefits and also making them attainable. And I think your example was the ping pong table. You can have that in the kitchen, but are people actually playing ping pong or is it just something that you have there for decoration? Same thing with sabbaticals. I will say that there were plenty of people that took their sabbaticals when it was unpaid, but we have seen more people take it now that it is paid. And so... We'll talk a little bit more, I'm sure, about this later. But for people that are thinking about it, not only like offering it, but really thinking about how you can make it attainable for your employees.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad I asked that. I actually didn't know that. So I had just always assumed it was paid. So it is. And it's a huge deal for a company to offer that from a financial perspective. That's a big uphill battle for a CFO. So I love that you guys took another step towards making it more approachable for people to actually utilize as a benefit. That's great. I love that so much. So, you said that Creative Circle has been offering this since you started. And I'm hearing you say now there are more and more people sort of taking this, I believe you said at the 10-year mark. So what's the sort of prerequisite for being able to take the sabbatical? How long is it? What does it look like?
0: Yeah. The main prerequisite is being a full-time employee at Creative Circle for 10 years. <laughs> so automatically when you hit that mark, it is really cool. It's, we celebrate anniversaries, Constantly. And we have anniversaries that we celebrate for our sales and recruiting team for the first year. We give them an experience. We've been hearing a lot about this in people operations of not just like giving them a check or taking them out to this or that, you know, like really providing them experience. So, actually, my first year at Creative Circle, my experience was very unique to me. My boss knows how close my mom and I are. She knew that my mom was coming to Chicago, that she would be sleeping in my room while I was crashing on the couch for a few days. And she took that opportunity to say, I want to give you an experience in Chicago. So she got us this reservation at this really swanky hotel and a gift card to their brunch that was held at their restaurant that's like, I guess at that time it was very well known. And then another reservation for dinner for a Rick Bayless restaurant, which I'm You're a Bayhead. Is that what they're called? (laughs) Candidly, I was going to say I'm Mexican and love Mexican food, but I'm like, how can I say that? No, you know, I'm being from San Diego. I I love Mexican food. So getting to go to a Rick Bayless restaurant in Chicago was kind of a token and homage to my Chula Vista roots. And so it was such an experience. And I look back on that and think like, wow, that was huge for me. We do have milestones across from one to 10, but obviously the biggest then is your 10 year anniversary. And we have this sabbatical as part of that, call almost like a recognition package that when you hit the 10 years, you get this wonderful email saying that congratulations and here are all the things that we want to provide you in recognition for 10 years at a company. And like you said, it's not lost on me on the cost to a company for that. But when you think about a dedication for an employee for 10 years, that's something to be considering when you're trying to decide if this is going to be something that your company would be interested in in doing for its employees.
1: Huge. Yes, there is a cost consideration. Absolutely. And we're always going to have to think of those hats when we're in businesses. But it was really hitting me, as you were saying, 10 years in a company, we're both millennials, I believe. And it is very rare. I'll just be honest. It is rarer today to have somebody say, I have spent 10 plus years at an organization than it certainly was for our parents than it certainly was for our grandparents. There's just now this sense of job hopping and exploring and moving. And there's a lot of different things that go into that. But it's. Pretty rare, I would say. I'm trying to think of anyone else that I know. There's maybe one or two other people that I know in my network that have been somewhere 10 years. And the fact that not only is Creative Circle offering recognition of that in a substantial way, but they have clearly built a culture that has made it. Obtainable yeah. for you to stay 10 years and a place you have wanted to be for 10 years. And that itself is huge. And so when you give examples of that one year recognition and what your manager did, you know, the very, very thoughtful way she approached that, that speaks so much to the culture that you have created beyond just the sabbatical. But I think it's just all of those pieces together and what a positive impact it can have on this retention piece, which is what everyone is talking about all the time. (laughs) So it is a huge, huge, huge deal to be retaining employees for so many reasons. And a sabbatical is, is just one of the ways that they can celebrate that. I guess the question on my mind, and I'm sure everybody's mind, is like, did that sabbatical, was it a reason that you stayed?
0: That's a really good question. Yes, it was. I mean, I think it's an incredible opportunity and it wasn't necessarily, I want to be clear that it wasn't the only reason that I stayed. I joke that choosing to work with Creative Circle was the best decision I made at 24 and most likely best decision I made in my 20s. (laughs) I've had an opportunity. I started in sales. I moved into learning and development I then focused more so on our employee development and now have been in this role of employee culture and community development for a year. So, I feel like I was always growing within the role and growing with the company. I absolutely think that there is like wow, you hit 10 years, like how incredible. And I'm sure that there were times where if I was stressed or, I mean, gosh, we went through the pandemic altogether and I'm sure that I was just like crossing my fingers of like, please, please, please let me hit this 10 year mark. So it definitely wasn't the only reason to stay. I think that like three months off is not going to keep an unengaged employee holding on for three or four years, but it was one of my prouder moments, honestly, like professionally and also personally And it's a lot to do with the company, with the leadership, with newer employees at Creative Circle, just the real humans at CC. They've become a strong part of my community. It was a part where I honestly, looking back, I remember I hit eight years. I got a big balloon that said eight. I feel like the next day I got an email being like, you hit 10. (laughs) So there's definitely times where, I mean, with any role, the time feels long. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I've been here for X amount of years. But I think too, seeing so many other people grow at Creative Circle and celebrate the 10 years, there is a part where it's like, I want that. That's what I want. And being a sales organization, I think that that's very unique. And it's also... I mean, I don't know what the average age of a company is, but we're 20 years old, you know? And so to have people celebrating 10-year anniversary and 15 years now, and we offer another sabbatical at the 15-year mark. It's a little shorter, but it is another recognition that we offer for those people that hit 15 years at Creative Circle. We even have someone that I think is coming close to their 18-year anniversary. So it is... A really cool thing to be part of the Decade Club. And I'm excited to welcome more. I mentioned earlier, I have a, a teammate who's, as we we're saying, turning 10 just in a couple of days. So very excited for them. It's quite the accomplishment.
1: It is. And it's, again, just a testament to the fact that it's not a few people. It's not like three of us made it to this club. It's like there are so many people that have. And that just goes back to the company that's been built and the the people that are there every day that you're working with. But let's talk about the length of the sabbatical. I mean, three months is no joke. That's an entire quarter. You know, I think when you hear the word sabbatical, you think a couple of weeks, maybe a month, but three months, that is a chunk of time. And so you talked a little bit about how you sort of had anxiety leading up to the actual sabbatical itself You know, I'm stepping away. I'm in the middle of projects. I have X, Y, Z things that I know are on the horizon. What did you do to sort of prepare yourself to sort of step away for that three months?
0: Yeah. And again, I want to be very vulnerable and share that it wasn't the easiest thing to do. What was great is that I have a boss who said, you're doing it. (laughs) You're going to take this time away. You deserve it. And you're going to do it. And so first of all, just having that support was incredible. I had certain hesitations because I mentioned we founded this new department in January of 2022. I left in April (laughs) for three months. What was great is that then my boss left two weeks after I got back. (laughs) So the support from my supervisor and from the team in general and just like pumping me up that you're going to take this, we're so excited for you was huge. In terms of personal preparation, I set a date and I said, This is your last day in the office. And I worked back from there. Of course, I did the things like documenting some of my processes, the things that we were going to keep on going. We have these kind of staple initiatives and programs that I didn't feel right about, like not having while I wasn't here. And my team stepped up to the challenge and they did it perfectly. And I even came back and was like, whoa, this developed into something that I wasn't even expecting. And maybe it was good for me to step away because I wasn't trying to control so much of what this department was going to look like. So it actually ended up being extremely beneficial. I also had to have a couple of those conversations to myself and saying, there's going to be certain things that do not happen while you're out. Pause. (laughs) pause, hard, (laughs) quiet silence. Yes. Look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that until you're somewhat okay with it, because it's still going to be, oh man, I remember when I sent my last email, my last project, and I did it with a, I like just did a, I don't know if people can hear that, but I'm blowing into the microphone when I sent that email and my boss's response was like, great, delete all the apps from your phone. (laughs) See you in July. So yeah, I mean, I think that that was a huge part of the preparation is the communication, the not so fun stuff, right? The communication, the documentation, the fun stuff is obviously getting the support from the team, the excitement around it, and also just having that honest conversation that there's going to be things that don't get done while you're gone and you are going to come back to a very full inbox, but give yourself grace. No one is expecting you to respond to every single one of those emails in the first week. and I transitioned very well coming back into work.
1: I want to just clarify really quickly. When you say that your boss left two weeks after you came back, you mean your boss also left and went on sabbatical two weeks after you came back. Not that she quit. Just to clarify that for the listening audience, because I feel like if I were on the other end, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she came back and her boss quit. (laughs) No, she went on sabbatical. Yes? Thank you for clarifying.
0: My boss went on sabbatical two weeks after I returned from my own sabbatical. The handoff was wonderful. It's incredible. She has since returned from her sabbatical, and it's all worked out. It's all worked out.
1: I think the thing that stuck with me most while you were sort of sharing everything you did sort of leading up to it, I mean, one, as someone who for many, many years and still completely and totally... True to this day, that my self worth is oftentimes tied to my work and my ability to be productive, my ability to produce things into the world. I got that hint from you of like having to accept that some things aren't going to get done, that some balls are going to get dropped, and that for this period of time, my self-worth cannot be tied to the work that I am doing on a day-to-day basis. Was that part of sort of the reckoning that you had over the time that you were out of the office? Did that sort of hit, or is that something that I'm totally projecting onto you?
0: It's not at all. While you're saying this, I'm like nodding my head, almost breaking my neck. I think it's very common for so many of us, and I, I really don't want to Break it out into age or Gen Z or millennial and all that. Because I have a cousin who's, gosh, I'm going to say almost like 10 years younger than me. And we talk about this and they're in sales. And we've talked about just this added pressure and stress that we put onto ourselves. And her mom is the CFO of the company. And she's always like, give yourself some grace, ladies, when we're on our nightly walks. Right. So this is the wisdom that I get from her and her mom constantly way easier said than done. I think that when you find yourself in a company that you're really excited to work for and you're really excited to contribute to, you add another layer of that to your perception. I think that when you do your job really well and you get kudos, you're like, I only want these good job stickers. (laughs) So I want to make sure that everyone listening knows that like it's okay to feel that way. Awareness is incredibly important with it. And you are not, as an individual, what you do Monday through Friday, nine to five, or whatever crazy hours you work. And it's something I'm still working on. I mean, candidly, I've been feeling very stressed about my output and if it's good enough in my job right now. And oh my gosh, we just hit a year. Am I hitting all of our KPIs and all the goals and benchmarks that we hit? And everything happens for a reason. And you reached out to me at, again, six months and two days after I returned from my sabbatical. And this conversation is giving me a bit of a gut check of, remember all those things that you learned in sabbatical? Like, are we staying true to those? (laughs) So I want to thank you for that and thank the universe.
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah. Things happen when they're supposed to. So I fully believe in that alignment, but also I think it's a reminder that we all need. So it's a reminder for you and I think it's going to be a reminder for a lot of us who are listening. A lot of us who are including me listeners, I am also listening. <laughs> to everybody listening, it's going to be a reminder that your work isn't your value in the universe and it can be a part of what you give. It can be a part of what you do. And I think, you know, you said that added layer about when you like the company you're working for and you're passionate about what you're doing. I think there's even another layer when we work in people ops and we work to support the people in our organization. I think there's even another added layer of if I step back and this doesn't happen, then it impacts these humans in this way. And I think that it's, even more important sometimes for us in those roles to sort of put on our own oxygen masks before we try to put on the oxygen masks of everybody else, because we are usually very caring humans that feel deeply and have a lot of empathy, but we can kind of drain our own oxygen tanks easily. And when we don't take that time, it can be really, really impactful, not only to us, I think, but to the people of the organization. So it's a good reminder for all of us.
0: It is a good reminder. Take care of yourself and what you need. I mean, especially if you have that day-to-day contact. I'm a big believer in those morning walks. Andrew Huberman said that I need to get out and get some sunlight before work and after work. So I do my best to do that. And I can tell when I take those small steps, whatever, if walking's not your thing, that's totally fine. Maybe it honestly is going to your local coffee shop like once a week. When you're doing the things that are making you feel better, you do show up for other people better. And then again, that's not your goal. You're you're not trying to do those things just to be better for other people, but it's natural. So I fully cosign what you're saying about taking care of yourself and putting that oxygen mask on first. Cause you're not fooling anybody when you're gasping for air
1: and <laughs> helping <Nope>. other people. <laughs> no. Nope. And I'm smiling because I know. So <laughs> Ashley lives in San Diego still to this day. I'm in Austin, Texas, so the weather here is nice. I am smiling because there, I know for a fact that my cousins who live in Minnesota, my mom who lives in Minnesota, are listening to this going, oh, wouldn't it just be nice if we could all go for a walk outside in the morning when it's negative 20? But no, it is. It's finding the things that work for you. They have their things that work for them in Minnesota. I just had to smile because I totally agree we've all got to find those things. And what a joy when we live in warmer climates. But
0: yes, My boss and many coworkers live in the Midwest, so I'm sure I'm going to get some scruff for that one too.
1: (laughs) Some flack. That's all right. We'll take it. (laughs) Both Ashley and I welcome you to come and stay with us in warmer climates. We're just, we're putting the invite out now, so. Being a great manager is hard, like really hard. I used to preach that it was every company's duty to provide management training for their entire team. But then I became a director of people and culture for a SaaS startup and realized just what kind of barriers were in the way. Design the training in-house? I could never find the time. Hire a third party to come and teach it? Sure, but then I'd need to reengage them every time a new manager joined and I just didn't have the budget for that kind of long-term engagement. In my head, I envisioned the startup version of management training a self-led reusable program that consisted of audio lessons, thoughtful exercises, helpful templates, and an internal facilitation plan for cohort style learning. So I built it and it quickly became apparent that I wasn't the only person looking for a more cost-effective, scalable solution. If you also fall into that camp and want to learn more, you can visit wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, we have talked about some of the the nuts and bolts of a sabbatical. We've talked about sort of what it looks like for you guys at Creative Circle. I kind of want to get into the fun stuff, which is how did you spend your sabbatical? Like, I think all of us are like, what would we do if we had three months off? What did you do with your three
0: months off? I want to hear. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be smiling ear to ear while I tell you what I did because it was incredible. First of all, when you think about three months off, and I will tell you from my experience, you are going to try to cram everything into that three months. And I'm here to tell you, do not do that. Give yourself a buffer. Give yourself some time to play summer, which means you wake up in the morning with no agenda at all. So how I planned it. And I actually want to be very clear that I did originally plan my sabbatical from like first day out of the office through the last day of my sabbatical. And then I literally came in with like a big old eraser after connecting with some coworkers who were like, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> so I got a lot of wisdom and I'm so, I'm forever grateful for them for giving me that
1: heads up. <laughs> that was the perfect show of different personalities because if it were me, I'd be like, I'm doing nothing for three months. <laughs> I do all of the things all the time I'm doing. No, that's not true. I would do some things. But I love that you're like, I am planning from A to Z. And yeah, nope, doesn't always work that way. So, okay. So take some breaks. Don't plan it all out. But how did it go? What did you end up doing?
0: Yeah. My first Monday off was actually my birthday. I turned 35. So it was really cool to have some type of a milestone around it. If that works with your calendar. It worked with mine. So I was like, we're doing it. And Shortly later that week, my dad and I flew to Puerto Vallarta and we had rented a condo there for a month, a very extended long time with my dad. My mom came down for a couple weeks. But what was really special about this is I was able to invite my tias, my aunts, who live in central Mexico. They are all in their 70s and 80s, and I've never met any. Person or people who have worked harder than they do. They run the town bats in this small town in Mexico, and they're up every day at 6:30, and they're cooking and they're catering and they're doing all of these things. And this was my opportunity to give them a vacation that I don't think that they've had ever. They take trips here and there, but to bring them to Puerto Vallarta. We had this wonderful condo and they just relaxed. And I remember they don't fly. They've never been on a plane. So they came via bus (laughs) and we picked them up and they saw the house and they were just so ecstatic to be able to spend some real time with us. We hadn't seen them since before the pandemic. So that was so special. Family time was really important for me. Puerto Vallarta is a wonderful city to explore. I am Mexican. I'm very proud of my culture. It was an opportunity for me to practice the language. It was an opportunity for me to get to know a whole new city. I mean, I walked five miles a day and found my coffee shop down there. So I'm all for like seeing a bunch of different cities, but I think there's plenty of travelers out there who are like, oh, if you can just get a spot for a month and get to know that space, it's a really wonderful experience. I also had some friends come and visit us while we were in Puerto Vallarta. So that was a whole other level to it. Then I built myself a nice little buffer. I had about three or four weeks where I did nothing. I live in San Diego. So again, it was a great place to be. (laughs) But I gave myself that time just to relax and take my dog, my wonderful dog George, to Dog Beach. And go visit and have lunch with friends who, you know, maybe don't have a normal nine to five. I mean, there was just so many like little things that I, I played summer. Essentially. I've never had that long of an extended period of time that I didn't have anything to do. I mean, even in college, I had a job. So we're trying like high school and I graduated in 2005 for those counting on their fingers and toes. So it was great to take that time at home my boyfriend is gone for long periods of time for his work. So I hadn't seen him since January. And so coming back in May and being able to just have that quality time with him was, was awesome. Got more into disc golf than I was expecting, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was really great. And then the last part of my sabbatical, my boyfriend and I went to Europe. I throughout all of this was raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I had set a goal to do this 50-mile hike on the coast of Portugal. It's called Ruta Vicentina, And I'm sorry if I mess up that pronunciation or Fisherman's Trail. It's an incredible hike. And it goes a lot longer than 50 miles, but we did this 50-mile hitch that took us about four days And raised, thanks to my family and friends and all the humans in my life that are incredibly supportive, raised over $6,000 for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and did this hike in honor of my brother, Robert Martinez, who passed from Cystic Fibrosis in the 80s. So I never had an opportunity to meet him, but my entire family sees the CF Foundation as an organization that we want to support. So I've run a couple marathons for them, but this was like the biggest fundraiser that I've done. I mean, I went to Europe. <laughs> it was just Ross and I doing this hike for four days and wow. Talk about being like shown that you are more than what you do from your nine to five. Those some days are really hard. And so I feel like sprinkling in a challenge of some kind was really good for me because I... Still felt that I was, I mean, clearly I'm like a doer of some kind. (laughs) I was like motivating myself, and it was so beautiful and incredibly rewarding. And I cried every single day with those views. If hiking isn't your thing, you can totally drive it. I'll tell you that right now. And it's beautiful. So that was on the coast of Portugal. We then, as part of our Europe trip, went to Austria, had a mountain house with some of his friends another incredible experience falling asleep to hearing cowbells at night and seeing the most incredible sunsets over really what only could be described as like fairy tale valleys and then we went to finland for a disc golf tournament <laughs> so it was just a really wide variety of sights and scenes and activities but that kind of was like my big like this is ending with a bang here and i landed on thursday night i think and then i went back to work on monday and although some people you know take whatever order you want to do that in but it was kind of nice for me cuz i kind of thought if i would have put in that that break at home the tail end of my sabbatical i might be counting down the days to like go back to the office that last part that european adventure like there was no counting down the days i was just like experiencing every single day and it was Really awesome!
1: The joy that you are exuding is palpable, and I can see your face because we're on video, and I know that people will just be listening to this. But I feel we'll also just understand like what that time really meant to you. You just smile; we're both smiling, both grinning. We have been for the last, you know, five minutes while you told that story. But the impact that the time off has when you get to really go do some of these things, connect with family who lives in a different country. It isn't an easy three-day weekend to like go, you know, pop over and see them, to get to go hike a 50-mile trail to support a cause that has deep, deep meaning to you and your family. I mean, those are the type of things that Having a chunk of time off like that, where you know that you have a secure, stable job to go back to, and I think that's key because I think for a lot of people, when you are laid off or you leave a role and you don't know what your next role is, that insecurity that plays into that, that, you know, sort of underlying stress that comes along with that makes it really hard to, even if you have savings, to sort of disconnect And really be present in the opportunity, whatever it may be, the disc golf, the hiking, the family time, whatever it is, I feel like, and I haven't done this, but tell me if I'm wrong. I just feel like the fact that you have this space and time that you know is meant for this and that you get to go back to your real life, quote unquote, when the time is up, it's such a gift in so many ways.
0: I absolutely agree. And I think it allowed me to be more present. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to take that three months off. But I do think there's an element of holding yourself accountable to being present when you are away from work. That looks like different for every single person. And I'm not here to get on a soapbox and tell you that you can't check your email or Teams. But what I would encourage you to do is think about how can you really disconnect with work, connect with yourself in that time off so that when you come back to work, you are really experiencing reset. Personally, when I, like I said, my last day of work, I deleted all those Microsoft apps off of my phone. I did not check my email from April 11th to July 11th. I also, side note, Do you think my boss was like, do not check your email? (laughs) And that helped me. And it's not just my boss, it's like the whole company. There was a funny story that someone on sabbatical responded to the email and everyone responded, like, get out of here. (laughs) So I think that intentionality of really disconnecting and being present when you're not working is really important. And you're right, I didn't have to count down the days because I did have this, like, I mean, I was coming back to a role. So I am really fortunate in that case, but I also wasn't like side dabbling in work. Like I was like, Nope, this is it. I worked for 10 years for this. I'm going to take full advantage of it. And some of those habits have continued with me. I only have teams on my phone. I don't have work email on my phone and this works for me. Again, I I understand that's not going to work for every single person, but even if you turn off notifications, even if you take that app off your home screen, right? It's all about your environment that you're creating. James Clear talks a lot about that in Atomic Habits, and sometimes it's like very unconscious. And so we have to be intentional about the environment and how Easy, we're making it for ourselves to disconnect. Kind of going on a tangent here. I'm sorry.
1: No, don't be. Thank you for saying that because <laughs> I mean, it hits home for sure. I downloaded this app called One Sec a couple months ago, and it literally is you can like put it on whatever apps you want to. This is more of a social media thing, but like I also put it on my email because my email is on my phone. And every time you go to open the app that you're opening on your phone, it Intentionally makes you stop. You have to take a deep breath, inhale, exhale, before it will let you into the app. And then it asks you, Do you actually want to go into the app? Or are you doing this thing because it's there? And the number of times I close out of it and I'm like, Nope, I just hit that button because my brain is wired to hit the button. Like it's been a game changer for me. And I I bring this up because I think it's exactly what you're saying. The environment we set ourselves up for it's a huge contributor to how we live our lives. And one of the things that you have told me multiple times since you've been back is that you still don't have your email on your phone. And every time you tell me that, I literally like fist pump the air and I'm like, hooray, (laughs) because I'm like, yes, 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 that you took this lesson and let it stick. Because I think we have to sometimes put up these boundaries for ourselves, these barriers. And I will say, when you were giving the example about your bosses and the company. So when we talk about culture and how hard it is to define that example that you gave is the perfect, perfect tangible example because there are so many organizations who would be like, "Mm, I'm just going to like, I'm just, I got her phone number. I'm just going to check in about this one thing. Or there would be like a slight underlying sort of edge of guilt. Like have fun, like you know, there'd be this underlying edge of guilt, and that doesn't exist. You have a boss who said no, go take the time, do it, separate. Do not get in your email. I will be mad if you get in your email. And also, (laughs) there's a cultural story that exists in your organization that you just told us, where someone did email during their sabbatical and everybody booted them out. That's a cultural story. You don't know. I maybe you do, but like. That's a story that is lived on and been told again and again and again that now reinforces a behavior and a belief for your workplace. So I just had to point that out because we talk so much, you and I, about how hard culture is to tangibly explain to people. And that is a great example of the unique culture at Creative Circle that allows you to have built some healthy behaviors that you still have to lean into and reinforce and learn and keep. But it's an environment that's allowing you to do so.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I want to say, too, with that, especially with the no email on my phone, at first I was like, no Microsoft things on my phone at all. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. Yeah. And that didn't work. And I was like, oh, God, do I have to download all of them? Like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. No, there are always in-betweens. So another in-between that I did, I mean, I downloaded Teams. It's our instant message platform that we use in that way. If someone really needed to get a hold of me, you know, and even my out of office replies, I'll say I'll check Teams first thing Monday morning because I'm definitely not checking it while out of the office still. But it gave me still a little bit of a connection. So I felt better about it. But what you were talking about, just like your habitual getting on an app. Oh, my gosh. I wait for a coffee and they're like making it in front of me. And somehow I'm in a deep scroll on Instagram. Like, what are you talking about? So, I mean, I do my best. We're all guilty. We're all guilty. And now I want you guys, you guys are maybe listening in your earphones and listening while waiting for your coffee and like just about to pull that phone out. I'm telling you, put it away.
1: Don't do it.
0: (laughs) But intentionality is huge. Creating that environment for yourself is huge. And again, it is not one size fits all. But it's been really cool because I've had a couple friends and coworkers that have been like, oh, yeah, hey, guess what I did when I was out for that week? I deleted my Microsoft app and I'm like, that's awesome. Or, hey, I silenced my notifications. That's awesome, too. (laughs) So whatever works best for you, but just take a moment to think about it because you can set boundaries and it's good. It's really good. It's really good. And I
1: think that for me is maybe a micro lesson from this entire episode because there are people out there that's like cool 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 you've been somewhere for 10 years and you get to take 3 months off like cool for you <laughs> like, i've been somewhere for 4 months and i am nowhere near we don't have a sabbatical policy so Yes, I think, and we'll talk a little bit before we wrap this up about like what companies can think about how you could do your own sabbatical policy at your own organization. But I think everything you're talking to speaks not only to a sabbatical period, but also anytime you're unplugging from work. So that could be literally after hours at night. That could be on the weekend. This could be a reminder to schedule that mental health day, schedule that vacation day, plan a trip in six months give yourself something to look forward to. I mean, these lessons do apply to shorter periods of time too. We just got the opportunity to talk about a really cool benefit that your company has, you know, doubled down on and really gave you a chance to disconnect and learn some of these lessons that I think others we need to learn on a more consistent basis anyway throughout the year. So, it's it's a good double reminder.
0: I absolutely agree and like I said, the 3 months was incredible. I'm not going to have that for some time, right? But I'm able to use some of those lessons and experiences in the weekend, in my mental health days, in a three day weekends, in the week long vacations. Like it just, I was able to make that conscious choice, and it's it has paid off in dividends. Because you think about, I
1: don't know how much you like analogies. <laughs> Love an analogy.
0: Great. <laughs> Great. So it's been some time since I've been a runner, but I did train and run the Chicago Marathon. And I remember that was my first marathon back in 2013. And I remember the coach talking about how important rest days are. You are racking up miles and miles and workouts throughout the entire week. And you just get so used to this groove and you're like, oh, I could just like walk five miles. That's kind of a rest day for me. And sure. again, there's some crazy athletes out there is there a rest day. But if I did that, I didn't feel great for my long run day after. I didn't feel rested. So when you think about how that applies to work, if you are working through the weekend all of the time, you are working seven days a week, all of the time. If you're, Checking email until 11 p.m. You are working until 11 p.m. So, again, what works best for you, but thinking about the boundaries that you're setting and honestly, maybe even saying it out loud might prevent that burnout. It might also help you identify a cause of work related stress, burnout, disengagement and i think that you can think about that as an individual but also as supervisors of people if you notice that they are sending emails or ims or responding to emails throughout the weekend letting them know that like it's not required of them you know creative circle is a specialized staffing agency and Consulting services firm. And within that creative space, you know, we hear it's PR, not ER. (laughs) Like everything will be there on Monday. In fact, if you come to your email with a fresh mindset, that built in break, maybe more equipped or better equipped to tackle that project or respond to that email, solve
1: that problem because you've taken a step away. I mean, that brings me to sort of what I started this episode talking about, which is what did coming back from your sabbatical look like for you? And was it all like cylinders go like I've got this. I'm back. I'm refreshed. Or was it like I'm excited to be back. But man, this is really hard. I'm just putting words in your mouth. You tell us (laughs) what was it like to come back after the sabbatical? It wouldn't be transparent of me to say
0: like, oh my gosh, I didn't miss the days off or the times I had. Or again, I'm in San Diego. I look out the window and i am be like, man, a week ago, I could be headed to the beach right now. But when I came back, I did feel very rejuvenated. Again, I came back to a well-oiled machine that, again, had exceeded my expectations. I was incredibly supported by my team. So there was nothing that was, quote unquote, broken that I needed to, to fix. It was actually kind of cool. The first week that I came back, every day I watched one or two webinars that had happened while I was out. And I was blown away by what was happening without me there. Like it's not a culture of one person, you know? So it actually gave me an opportunity to sit in the passenger seat and see what everyone was doing while I was out, which was awesome. I came into some really cool projects as well. You know, we had the elections in November and as part of our team, and we created voting resources. So that was a really fun project for me to get back my creative juices and start thinking about and again too, like I mentioned, my boss went on sabbatical like two weeks after I returned. So not that I'm doing any major coverage for her, but helping the team while they were out on their own sabbatical. And it wasn't anything that like was extremely jarring for me to come back, you know, candidly end of year and beginning of the year has been really busy. And like I said, the universe made this conversation for a reason. So here's my opportunity to do a little bit of reset over the next couple of weeks and make sure that the boundaries that I set when I returned from the sabbatical are something that I can continue to do in 2023. And things may change. I have more responsibilities, but I don't want to throw that all that hard work out just because one thing isn't necessarily fitting.
1: The takeaway that I would say from this episode and from listening to you is If everybody can think about what is one boundary that you know you need to set for yourself at work or one action that you can take, whether it be a day off or really closing your email at 6 p.m. or taking email off your phone, whatever it needs to be, I think you've set all of us up perfectly as we're coming into this new year to remind ourselves that rest is important and that we are in charge of we set the tone. Our company culture is always going to impact how we feel about the tone that we set, because how things happen in an organization will always have some impact on how you feel about the decisions you're making. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we all get to decide as individuals what we are willing to give, what we are willing to do, what we are willing to not do, and what those boundaries look like for us. So I think it's the perfect time to sort of reset, rethink about that going into this year. And I think that's a gift that you've given everyone with this episode. So no, no question there.
0: Oh, thank you. And I was thinking about like, oh man, wish I would have written a letter to myself my first week back so I could like look back and check it on that. And lucky for us, we live in a digital world. So I shared that I had posted something on LinkedIn in my first week back, kind of a, an ode to my sabbatical and things that I learned. So essentially, I said that some of the top things that I learned throughout my sabbatical was that I need to take time off, even if it freaks me out a little bit. (laughs) We've talked about so much about that today, like it's never going to be a good time to be out of the office, right? You're essential in the company, but there is going to be a time for you to walk away and things will be okay when you do step away for some time. The second one, and I think this is talking a little bit more to what you said, those minor changes. It's my responsibility to take a freaking lunch break. I need to remember that. I mean, working from home, it's so easy to pop downstairs and like throw something in the microwave and eat at your desk, right? And I am very proud that I've probably done that like maybe five times since I got back from sabbatical. I gotten into this rhythm of making my lunch and sitting down and watching Seinfeld 20 minutes, and you forget everything and you plop back into this very nostalgic world and I got to say, I only have two more episodes left of the entire series. So I'm here to take other recommendations (laughs) because I got to find a new one. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the humans that surround me at Creative Circle, but also the organization, because not only do they offer that time off, and again, it can be sabbatical, it can be pto But the key part of that is they enable you to take it and actually encourage you to unplug. Still blows my mind. Forever grateful. And from my own experience, I mentioned earlier that, you know, we have a team member that's going to be going out on sabbatical and I'm going to help to foster that same environment for them, that they feel confident being able to to really take that well-deserved time off.
1: Because you get to pay it forward now. And that's the gift. I get to pay it forward. Yes. You get to pay it forward. Oh, Ashley, this has been incredible. I think a lot of food for thought for individuals, a lot of food for thought for HR leaders, for founders who maybe are considering what could a sabbatical look like? What could additional time off look like? What would you sort of leave anyone with from like a founder HR perspective If they're considering a sabbatical, what would you sort of say to them? What case would you make?
0: I want to be like empathetic too and say like, again, it's a big investment and some companies depending on how long they've been around or their size, it's just not feasible for them. So the first thing I would say is look at your current offerings in term of that time off, in term of that opportunity disconnect and see what people are and are not taking advantage of. and do a little bit of self reflection of how can you make those offerings that you already have available more attainable and then if you are in a position to offer a sabbatical do it <laughs> and think about how you can make it easy for people to say yes to it we've talked about how attainable it is for people and then the last one is lead by example This goes beyond sabbatical. I think you can see this in PTO. Like, if your leadership isn't taking their PTO or taking those sabbatical, like people who are reporting into them are going to be less likely to set the trend. So that's what's been so incredible in seeing the amount of creative circle leaders who are stepping away and and again coming back, (laughs) who are taking their sabbaticals. And it made it a norm. And so now these messages that we get, it's like, you're about to hit 10 years. Where are you going? It's not, are you taking a sabbatical? That would be my food for thought to wrap up our conversation.
1: So many good nuggets, Ashley. I'm so grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for their time today. I think this is going to be the perfect episode for people to sort of reflect on their own needs for companies to think about what sort of intentional norms they can create around self-care this year in 2023. I will just leave the call open. We'll put Ashley's Instagram handle in the show notes. Please give her your suggestions for her next TV show. My vote is going to be The Nanny, which was my pandemic comfort show and is a freaking delight. <laughs> you have. Your face just lit up. So maybe that's going to be your new show. But everybody else should chime in. Go find Ashley on Instagram. Tell her what show she should watch next. And Ashley, thank you so much. I just appreciate you in all the ways. Well, thank you
0: for... Holding space for this conversation. And again, thank you for creating Want to Work There as an organization and as a podcast. It's been really cool to watch you on this journey. And like, subscribe, share with a friend.
1: <laughs> Look it. She's doing my work for me. All right, good. Like, subscribe, share with a friend. And we will see you next time. This show was brought to you by wanttoworkthere.com and the incredible team at Podcasting for Creatives. No individual or company acting alone can change our societal beliefs about work, but together we can create a new normal. If you like this episode, please consider passing it on to one or two people who share your passion for creating a better world of work. And until next time, please know I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters guitar solo